As you hear the scripture reading this morning as David comes to read, this is out of Colossians and it really gives us some prime examples of the kind of code that we're to live by as Christians living in the Northwest. And so see if you can pick out those pieces as David reads. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. We are absolutely surrounded by codes in our lives. All kinds. We have building codes, computer codes, codes of ethics for doctors and business codes of conduct. We have codes of conduct in our schools. There are genetic codes, communication codes, secret codes. And even many of us grew up with the ultimate in coding, decoder rings. I still can remember my decoder ring. But I want to examine one of those other codes, and it's called the cowboy code. It's been a couple years since I began to work with, uh, with a life coach, and I look at Christy and know what she's doing right now and some others in the room. And, and one of the first things that I was asked by my coach to do was come up with a personal mission statement. I found it exceptionally difficult to do that. It was just hard to do. But then, again, during, during my leave and knowing that where I was going with some of the sermons and, and looking again at the cowboy code and, and some codes of ethics that I'd seen, I, I, I did it again and, and found it much easier the second time. And what you're going to hear a little bit later on is, is that code. But the other thing that I've shared with you before, and I just want to say again that <clears throat> I, I just absolutely love the Old West. There's something about it that, that just... Is, is rich in history, and uh, I, you know, I've, I've said, I call, I call the Westerns that I read, and I know that, that Farrell reads them as well, and some of the others of you do as well, and I call them my, the Westerns that I read, whether it's William Johnstone or Louis L'Amour, whoever it is, my brain candy. But underneath every one of those is an ethic, and, and the heroes particularly are consistent that way. I remember watching uh, Ken Burns uh, his documentary on the Old West and, and watching the progression of some of that and, and how that ethic kind of grew and, and how it was. And even today, what you see, if anybody watches rodeo at all, you see the cowboys who are in the rodeo interviewed, and if it's a woman who's interviewing them, it is all about yes, ma'am. It is all about respect. And, and even if it's a man, it is yes, sir. There is something that is taught, that is learned, that is picked up, that is, it is absolutely in the heart of those who cowboy, at least most of them. 
Now, I've seen plenty for whom that is not true. But at the same time, there's something underneath all of that. And, and it's what I want to talk about this morning. And as Christians trying to live in the Northwest, I just think we each have to have some kind of code that we live by. And I, I think the Colossian scripture that David read helps us. But before I get there, let me just go back a couple weeks. That it was about three weeks ago that began this series on being Christian in the Northwest and talked about the, the immensity of, of God and that we continue to be in a place where many, many folks self-identify as spiritual but not religious. In other words, I, I'm spiritual, but I don't want to buy into some dogma that I find in a church. But, but there is a, a feeling of, of the immensity of this mysterious power that is all around us. And we take it a step further as we see ourselves as, as beloved children of this mysterious power that we call God. But there's also a map for us, a map that helps us kind of weave our way through all of those kinds of things. And that map is, is found in the Bible. It is the scriptures that we seek to follow. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago. And then last week I talked about the guide, the guide that is Jesus. The guy that has shown us how life is to be lived and, and who was so filled with this mysterious power that he helps us, even today, 2,000 years later, be able to be filled by that same power if we so choose. And my prayer and my hope is that we so choose all the time. And then came Paul, and, and Paul began to write these letters, and and in, in every single letter that Paul writes, he identifies very specific things that could be identified as a code. And you heard some of those pieces this morning. He used words like, be compassionate, be kind, be gentle. Those are the kinds of things that we engage as we come into this relationship. He goes deeper and, and talks at length about love and even defines for us what what love is and the kind of love that we are to live out in a place like this and even beyond the doors of this place. Kind and gentle, not rude or arrogant. Isn't concerned about getting our own way, but always concerned about doing for others. It's just an incredible amount of gifts that Paul gives us in the midst of those letters. But here's the deal, is I think often what we do is we assume that we know what our code is. We assume that because of the way we've been raised or because of the way we've chosen to live our lives that we know exactly what our code is until we get to that point where we get asked to write it down. Then it becomes harder. And then I hear things like, well, I thought I knew. And so what I wanted to do was just give you two examples today as we continue through this time of Lent, two examples of a code, but on the first one, the cowboy code, and you'll see it on, I'm hoping, on the screens, right, Bev, is, is compare this code to what we have seen in the writings of Paul and what we've seen in the life and teachings of Jesus and see if this might be at least one example for us, this cowboy code of how we might choose to live our lives. So the first piece of the code, number one, is live each day with courage. At the end of the service, I, I, I talked, at first service, about the word that we used to say, everybody, I think most of us have seen the, 
the movie True Grit. And there used to be a, a, that word that was used often when it came to cowboys was that, you know, they lived by grit. I don't mean grits. <laughs> Although there was some of that, right, Shannon? Yeesh. Hmm. By grit. They have changed that word in, in kind of the emerging cowboy ethic or cowboy code to the word try. The word try. And try doesn't mean I'm going to go try and do this. Try is this motivating factor. Try is what gets cowboys on the back of a, a bucking bronco or, or on the back of a bull. Try is what leads people to try and summit Rainier. Try is what leads people to even try and summit a place like Everest. Try is an attitude that exists in us. If we choose to take things on, last summer, what was the sermon series? Dare greatly. That's try. That's try. And so living our lives with courage means that we live our lives with try, with that, that, that driving force so, number one, live each day with courage. Jesus do that? I would say yes. Number two, particularly in today, I, I think this is, this is a challenge, and yet it is something that has to happen. It's be honest no matter the cost. Be honest no matter the cost. You don't need to embellish. You don't need to exaggerate. You need to be honest with each other no matter the cost. Jesus do that? Yeah. Number three, take pride in your work. I've shared with you that I, I, I had just incredible privilege of, of working with a master craftsman a number of years ago, back when I was in my, in my early 20s. And Mike, Mike built hand-hewn log homes, and he was not only a master craftsman around that, but he was a master woodworker. And I've seen some of the work that some of you have done with the cedar that I handed out a number of months ago and, and come back with these amazing things. And Rich, I've got to tell you something, that I took that one of yours um, to the ordination uh, gathering where we were interviewing ordinands and put it up on a table, an altar kind of table, and one of the folks asked to take it back to their church for Lent. And so your work is in a church in Puyallup right now on the front on, on the table and that's what they're using as their focus for Lent. So I just want to share that with you, master craftsman friend of mine. But we know who those folks are, and it's not that they're prideful in their work. It's that they do take pride in what they do. And that is a part of the code. I think about Jesus and, and how passionate he was and how focused he was about his work and think this is, this is perfectly fitting for that. Number four. Always finish what you start. This is a time, this is a time in the United Methodist Church in our, in our annual system where, where the bishop calls or a superintendent calls and says it's time to move. And um, it happens way too often in way too short a time for most churches. I, I just think we don't allow the relationship to deepen. And, and it, again, it's why I've said to the bishop, I, I, just leave me alone. We have work to do here. And that work is going to take time. And we're just really, uh, you know, built on the foundation of the past of 25 years ago, the vision to build this sanctuary. But, but we have more to do yet. And, and part of that's going to happen this afternoon as, as we interview Curtis and, uh, for the position of Children, Youth, and Family Director. But, but we're not done. 
we need to finish what you started 52 years ago and what continues into today. And, and it's, it's part of this. And I, I think we're here because Jesus sought to finish what he started. And, and here we are sitting here. Number five. Do what has to be done. Do what has to be done, no matter how hard it may be. We all know that, that there are things that we're called to do as Christians. And some of those things are not easy. But God calls us and fills us so that we might do those things. And so we do them. So many of you go out and, and, and to Hammond House at whatever it is, 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning, and you do what needs to be done to feed those who have no food. Or we go out and support places like Sophia Way and other places where there are people in need. We help build houses for those who could not afford to have houses through Habitat. And what was together we build and we do what needs to be done. Jesus did. Number six, be tough, but be fair. Be tough, but be fair. There has to be an element of courage and power in us if we are to take on the things that we need to take on. And, and being tough is not necessarily being mean. And I want us to differentiate between those two. It's okay to be tough. Sometimes we need to be tough. And there are certainly folks around us with whom we need to be tough. I mean, when you add the word love to it, what does that mean? Tough love. But within all of it, there has to be a feeling of being fair. And I think about Jesus, and he was tough, and he was fair. Number seven, when you make a promise, you keep it. In faith, we call that a covenant. I think about the weddings that I've done and the covenant that's made, not just between a man and a woman, or not just between a couple. I think about the covenant as something that is between a couple and God. And I look around here and I look at Alan and Armand and I think of that privilege with you two. And I, I think of others in the church where I've had that privilege and I just think of so often how beautiful that covenant is when we understand that it's not just between two people. God is included in that. When you make a promise, you keep it. Jesus did. I love number eight, because we don't ever use this in church. You ride for the brand. What does that mean? Well, it means that we say with each other no matter what. No matter what the circumstances may be. And, and, and I, but I've got to tell you, I used you and Dave for service. And, and I remember that first men's breakfast, and I've, I've talked about this before, but I, I remember that first men's breakfast where it was this you, me, and Dave. And I just sat quietly and watched the two of you go at it. <laughs> and man, you went at it. But underneath that, underneath that, you could just tell was this level of love, even though these two vehemently disagree with each other on a variety of things, <laughs> and they let each other know how deeply they disagree with each other on a variety of things. And yet, every time when they walk out of there, there's smiles and there's laughter, there's slapping on the back. I, Alan, I put him in that as well. And just, just 
there, there's a feeling there because they're writing for the brand. No matter how vehemently they may disagree, there's a depth to it that of the love that allows them to be together and to stay together. And it's, friends, honestly, it's why we have a prayer time every Sunday morning so that we can ride together throughout all things and circumstances of life. Number nine. This one's tough for your pastor. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> number 10. <laughs> now nah, I got to go back to number nine real quick. But just. <laughs> what is the old saying? You know, do for others and when absolutely necessary, use words. Right? Okay, enough said. Now, number 10. Remember that some things aren't for sale. Uh, we've grown up in a time, and, and been, many of us, in a time where it was like religion was for sale. We've seen it on television. I remember my grandmother, because the televangelist that she would watch would ask her to come and touch the television screen and, and to feel the presence there and then to write the big check, which she did a lot. And it drained her finances to the point of having nothing. You know what? There are some things that just aren't for sale. And a belief in God is not for sale. But if we go back to last week and you talk about Christ, he showed us how life was to, to be lived and to be lived sacrificially. And, and it's not for sale. It's not for sale. So where is it that we, we draw the line and say that it's not for sale? And that moves us to number 11. Know where you draw the line. Friends, we don't agree about everything in this place. The lines are often drawn, and in some cases, the lines are very deep and very heartfelt. And another person who may be on the other side of that line draws another line, and it may be very deep and very heartfelt, but it is certainly not the same line. But the code that we live by says that we ride for the brand. The code that we live by says we may, we may heartily disagree but we're going to stay at the table together. The United Methodist Church is in that place right now, and coming up next year, we'll see how deep those lines are drawn, and we'll see how well we're able to stay at the table together as we discuss things that could have the potential of continuing to tear the church apart. But it does not mean, friends, that we don't draw the line. It doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't. What it means is we stay at the table and we talk through it and we sharpen each other even though we disagree like steel on steel. It's what being in the church means for us. And then finally, the last one in the cowboy code may be the most important and that is protect the innocent no matter the cost. And I would add the word teach to it. Teach the children no matter the cost. It's why, as a church, we've made a commitment for a full-time position of children, youth, and family. It's why it's going to be such an essential element moving forward for us. And I'm excited about an interview this afternoon, but I ask for your prayers in the midst of that, for wisdom, for guidance, not only for us, but, Curtis, for you too. And, and, and so please pray about that. But the innocent aren't just children. There are those who just have so little 
that they need help. And ours is to protect them. Jesus did. I want you to know that, that again, we, we find all kinds of places in Scripture that help us. But I think what I'll do now is, is I, I just want to go to the code that I live by. I think you need to see that. And this was a code that came out of my time away a couple months ago. And it, it comes out of a combination of things, both scripturally and cowboy and all kinds of other things. You'll see pieces of it. It comes out of the study of the Beatitudes. It comes out of the study of Second Timothy. It comes out of that Colossians scripture that David read. It comes out of a lot of things. But the reason I have this is I'm not as advanced as some of you. I need something to look at every morning. That, that, that deals with how I need to be centered. For me, this becomes a list of evaluation. It becomes a list of preparation. It becomes a list of recentering. And I, I, I want you to know that most mornings I go back to this. And I did this morning again in a time of prayer and meditation and saying again, God, please make this day filled with these things. So here, here's my list. Recognize my need for God. It is what fills me, and it is what feeds me. Second, recognize my need to be defined by Christ. He is what defines me. It is that relationship that transformed me. And I will tell you, it's why I stand before you today. Number three, be honest. Truthful in all things, no matter the cost. I want to remind you that I worked on the hill in Washington, D.C., and I so wish everyone on that hill would abide by that as a part of their code. Number four, show kindness and live with compassion. I want to go back to the Brene Brown quote in her book, Daring Greatly, be wholehearted. Five, be humble in all places, to all people, and in every circumstance. Number six, finish what I've started, see it through, bring it to completion if at all possible. Number seven, live with quiet confidence, trusting God and trusting others and even trusting myself. Number eight, lead when leadership is needed, follow when it's appropriate, pray for the wisdom to recognize the difference. Number nine, Accept myself, who I am, where I've been, what I've done. I am a beloved child of God. Number 10, be healthy in all areas of life. Spiritual, physical, and emotional, practice health every day. Number 11, keep learning, keep growing, Keep sharing what I have. Be willing to share what I've learned with others who are willing to hear it and sometimes with those who are unwilling. Number 12, practice mindfulness. Breathe. Accept. Be present in this moment. 13. Before I say this one, I, I, I got to tell you, we had nine people up here in the praise band this morning. Stand-up bass, fiddle player, 
harmonica player. Cowboy Bill was here with his harmonica. Uh, it, it was just incredible. And we didn't know how it would work, and it worked. And it worked well. So number 12, or number 13 is have fun, find joy, bring laughter, and share exuberance. My heavens. We've got to do that. For heaven's sake. And I mean that literally. For heaven's sake. And then 14, to be courageous. So, that's my code. Dorothy will tell you, it's, it's, it's written all over my journal. And again, I turn to it pretty much every day. So what's yours? What's your code? I think, did I put it in my pocket? I didn't. Um, one of the first service guys just wrote his code, and it's just one sentence. Just do what's right. I want to challenge you to go and write a code. One sentence, two sentences, whatever it may be for you. Something to which you can reference and go back to constantly to evaluate how you're doing. One other piece of scripture, just if you need something to get started, Micah 6.8. What does the Lord require of us? But to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. I'm praying for you throughout this time of Lent. May the code, may the code emerge for you. Amen.